0: Good morning, church. How are we today? You guys are a little bit sleepy, aren't you? is it that humidity that's got you a little bit dragging today? Well, hopefully uh, we can get you going here as we look at God's word together. Uh, We are in Psalm 125, so let me invite you to open your Bible uh, to Psalm 125. Uh, This week I had the opportunity to go do one of my favorite things, and so on Wednesday I took... Our middle daughter to Cedar Point. Uh, If you don't know what Cedar Point is, I'm sorry. It is my favorite amusement park that I've ever been to. And and I'm I'm just a guy who loves roller coasters. So I'm going to do a survey here. How many of you love roller coasters? A couple of you. All right. A lot of you. How many of you are like, nope, nope, not for me. I'm not doing that. I feel sorry for you guys. Oh my goodness. That's so sad. Uh, Listen, there's nothing like uh, roller coasters. And the faster they are, and the higher they are, the better they are for me. I, I love that first hill. Usually most of them start with a big hill that click, 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 click as you getting higher and higher and you're looking around and everything is further and further away. I love that thrill when you go over the hill and you're screaming and then all of a sudden you, you lose your breath. Like I love that. There is nothing like it. And, and here's what I've come to do, come to learn. I, I I was not afraid of any ride. I rode on Wednesday. I've lost the fear of roller coasters. Here's the reason why. For me personally, I have come to trust that the engineers who have designed these roller coasters have done everything they need to do to make sure it's safe. So the harnesses that come over you, the seat belts, I have I have full trust that they will support me. And so when I'm going up these hills and I'm being thrown around all over the place, I have faith that I'm gonna be alright. Now and Cedar Point has never done anything to me personally that would make me think otherwise. But if you know anything about Cedar Point, there, there's, a, there's a, a, something that happened a couple years ago to, to um, arguably one of the biggest thrill rides there, the dragster. There was an accident. On August 15, 2021, an L bracket came off the ride and hit a lady in the head, and it caused some serious injuries to her. So they ended up shutting down the ride, and eventually, last year, they completely retired the roller coaster. When it comes to trust, you could understand why her going to Cedar Point would not be something that she would have much faith in, because her faith has been challenged, it's been tested, she's been disappointed by what has taken place. When it comes to trust, you go by what you believe in and what you've experienced. The more you believe something to be true, the more you will trust it. And the more good you experience, the more your trust will grow. As we turn our attention to Psalm 125, we are going to encounter the reality of trusting the Lord. That's the title of the message this morning, Trust The Lord. So let's look at Psalm 125 together this morning. Those who trust in the Lord are like Mount Zion, which cannot be moved, but abides forever. As the mountains surround Jerusalem, so the Lord surrounds his people. From this time forth and forevermore. For the scepter of wickedness shall not rest on the land allotted to the righteous, lest the righteous stretch out their hands to do wrong. Do good, O Lord, to those who are good and to those who are upright in their hearts. But those who turn aside to their crooked ways, the Lord will lead away with evildoers. Peace be upon Israel. Let's pray. Father, I thank you this morning for the reminders that we've already sung about. Lord, I pray that our lives would be defined by, I've been resurrected with Christ. Lord, I pray this morning that you would allow us to examine our own hearts. Lord, are we trusting in you? Are we truly trusting in you to the point where it changes our lives? Father, perhaps there are some doubting this morning, perhaps there are some who are are not believers and they're just trying to figure it out, Lord, would you grant them repentance and faith and trust in you this morning? Father, open our eyes to see how we can grow our trust in you so that we become more faithful followers and faithful disciple makers of yours. So God, have your way amongst us, we desperately need you. It's in Jesus' name we pray, amen. So this summer we are going through a specific set of psalms. Uh, we've talked about this. You have it in the subtitle again on this psalm. and In fact, they're on every psalm from 120 through 134. These are the psalms of ascent. And of course they were songs that were sung by God's chosen people, the Israelites, as they made their way to Jerusalem to celebrate different holy days. I trust last week you were encouraged by Mark's message from Psalm 124, Uh, he'll be back for an encore in a few weeks, Uh, but today we are going to look at the life of a believer who trusts in the Lord. In fact, I want to share four beliefs that that, that a person who trusts in the Lord has, four beliefs of someone who trusts in the Lord. Here's the first one. Those who trust the Lord believe in his power. Those who trust in the Lord believe in his power. Look again at verse 1. Those who trust in the Lord are like Mount Zion, which cannot be moved, but abides forever. As the mountains surround Jerusalem, so the Lord surrounds his people from this time forth and forevermore. Now, before we talk about God's power it's important that we define what trust means. What exactly does it mean to trust in the Lord? I want to make a couple statements, a couple thoughts for you to ponder when it comes to trust. First thing is this, trust is more than believing facts. Trusting in God is more than just believing certain things to be fact. This is not simply believing something true to be true. There are lots of things that we believe to be true, and yet we do nothing about them. In fact, the scriptures say, even to a certain extent, demons believe. James 2.19, you believe that God is one. You do well. Even the demons believe and shudder. But let me ask you, what good does it do for a demon to believe that God is one? It does no good. His eternal His eternal dwelling place has already been determined. The demons will be cast in hell forever. So let's just consider things that we would probably all agree to be true and yet it doesn't always change how we live. How many of you trust a doctor that says it's a good thing to exercise on a regular basis? Now how many of you Are actually exercising then on a regular basis? I'm ready to go home after that one. (laughs) Or how many of you trust the nutritionist when they say to eat more vegetables and fruit and that it's better for you than Twinkies and cake? But yet how often do we go for those things that are unhealthy? We believe the fact that a vegetable is better for you than a piece of candy, but yet how often do we go for what we know that isn't best for us. You can say you believe something to be true, but to trust in it goes beyond an agreement agreement on a fact. So trust is not just believing facts. Trust is putting belief into action. That's what trust is, is putting what you believe and living it out. Trust is believing something to be true and then reflecting that belief in the way that you live. You know, you, you, you can say you trust a roller coaster, but until you decide to ride it without being afraid, it doesn't mean all that much. So, when it comes to our relationship with the Lord, to trust in Him means to believe something to be true and then to live that out. For instance... When you trust that God works everything for your good, you will begin to complain less when bad things happen to you. After all, you trust that the Lord, he's working whatever negative thing you have encountered, and he's going to turn it around for your good. To trust God means you're going to stop complaining. Because everything that is happening to your life, God is allowing it, and he can turn it around and use it for you. That's what it means to trust in the Lord. If, all, if we say, I trust the Lord, and then we complain about every bad thing that happens to us, here's what we're saying. God, I don't trust you. I don't trust that you're good. So trust is not just believing something to be true. It's taking that belief and putting it into action. Genuine trust leads to a life change. Now just consider what it means For the one who trusts in the Lord verse 1 says that he is like Mount Zion he cannot be moved and he abides forever that word abide means to inhabit to dwell to live to endure it's a picture of stability they will be stable forever the one who trusts in the Lord is stable Notice something here, though. It it takes a person trusting in God in order to have stability. We have to actively set our hearts on the Lord. Now, I want to make something clear here, though, first. Who is responsible, first and foremost, for our salvation? It's the Lord. Salvation belongs to the Lord. He is the one that has granted us repentance of our sin and faith in Christ. Our faith is a gift from God. When we studied Ephesians, we saw this in Ephesians 2, 8, and 9. For by grace you have been saved through faith. This is not your own doing. It is a gift of God, not of works, so that no one could boast. Our salvation, our faith, our initial trust is 100% from God. Apart from God drawing us to himself, we would never come to him. But his spirit draws us and opens our eyes, thus helping us to trust in him for salvation. Initial trust in the Lord is 100% God. But after salvation, we have a responsibility to keep trusting him. To trust in the Lord makes you like a strong, unmovable mountain. You cannot be moved. So what's another word that we could use for trust? Faith. What is faith? Faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the the conviction of things not seen. We don't see everything. We don't know what the future holds, but we have faith, and we trust in the one who holds the future. And when you have that, no one can stop you. Suffering can't stop you. Persecution can't stop you. Death can't stop you. Why? Because you trust in God who has you in his hands. Listen, but, but when we don't trust God, things get sideways for us real quickly, don't they? I want you to keep your finger here. We're going to be back, of course. But turn with me back towards the end of the Bible into the book of James. James gives us a clear picture of what it looks like for somebody who does not trust fully in the Lord. James chapter 1. Let me just read a few of these verses. I'm going to read starting in verse 6. But let him ask in faith with no doubting. For the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea that is driven and tossed by the wind. For that person must not suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He is a a double minded man, unstable in all his ways. So think about that. You have the picture of in Psalm 125 of a person who trusts in the Lord. He's a mountain. He, He can't be moved. But the person who doesn't trust the Lord is the exact opposite. What do you know about waves? Waves are are fluid. There's, There's no stability. They're all over the place. Waves are a product of their circumstances. If there's a storm surging, the waves are all over the place. Sure, when it's calm, the waves are calm. But this is no way to live the Christian life. I love roller coasters, but I do not want my heart to be like one. (laughs) I don't want to live a life where I feel like I'm up and down constantly. My highs are highs and my lows are lows. I want stability by trusting in the Lord. Have Have you ever been around someone who lives like the waves? Certainly, i found myself in that position of allowing my circumstances to dictate how I am doing. It's a terrible way to live. It's hard to care for those people. when, When circumstances are good, they're great. But when things start to go sideways, so does their faith because they're not trusting in the Lord. And so the psalmist, what he does for us here is shows us why he trusts in the Lord. Let me remind you of our first points. Those who trust the Lord believe in his power. Look at verse 2 again. As the mountains surround Jerusalem, so the Lord surrounds his people from this time forth and forevermore. So this, this analogy of a mountain being unmovable moves from being the picture of someone who trusts in the Lord to being a picture of who God is. Now think about it. What would be true of a village surrounded by mountains? It would be extremely hard for the enemy to attack. No matter where you look, there are, there are mountains surrounding you. This is the power of God. He is a strong fortress for those who trust in him. How many of you have been out west to, to see the mountains? An incredible sights. I've been to Wyoming a couple times, I've been to Colorado, and there's just something powerful and majestic about the mountains. These unmovable things that have been here from the beginning of creation. They've stood in place for thousands of years, and I don't think, oh, that's pretty. I think, oh, my Lord, majestic is your name that you could create such amazing things. You don't, you don't. You don't see the mountains in person and and, and not be moved by that. This is the picture of the power of our God who surrounds us. The enemy can only do what he allows, and then whatever the enemy does for us, guess what God will do for us? He's going to use it for our good. The enemy has no power except for what God allows. We are secure and safe within God. The word that we use for God being all-powerful is omnipotent. There is nothing that can stop our God. Let me ask you, believer, are you believing firmly in the power of God today? If so, does that affect how you view your life? Do you trust his protection over you? Those who trust the Lord believe in his power. Look at verse 2. As the mountains surround Jerusalem, so the Lord surrounds his people from this time forth and forevermore. For the scepter of wickedness shall not rest on the land allotted to the righteous, lest the righteous stretch out their hands to do wrong. Here's the next saying those who trust in the Lord believe. Those who trust in the Lord believe in his faithfulness. Those who trust in the Lord believe in his faithfulness. I want you to to notice something here. How long will God surround his people? From this time forth and forevermore. Not only is our God a powerful God, but he is faithful to us, he's not going anywhere. To those who have repented of their sin and placed their faith in Christ, He will hold you fast until Jesus returns or He calls us home. And and what we see here is the reality that it is God who deserves the glory in all things. He surrounds us. He is the one who is powerful. Yes, in verse 1, it's not... We trust the Lord, and we're a strong mountain when we trust the Lord. But it's not the one who trusts in the Lord that deserves praise. It's the object of His faith. It's the Lord who deserves the praise. Think of it this way. Picture yourself. I hope we really don't want you to picture this, but picture you going to the doctor, and the doctor does some tests. You've been dealing with stuff, and you're not sure what's wrong. And the doctor says you got a tumor. And we, and we got to get this out, ASAP. we got to get this taken care of. If, if, if we wait any longer, this could be detrimental to your health. And so you're, you trust the doctor in what he says. You put your faith in him, and you get the surgery signed. And so you go into surgery, and you come out, and the doctor was able to remove all of the cancer, and you are cancer-free. Let me ask you, who, who gets the, the praise in that? Does anybody go to the patient and say, man, you had great trust. That's amazing that you did that. You trusted the Lord and look, the the cancer, the tumor is removed. Is is that what the patient think? Look, I trusted the doctor. Look, man, I'm pretty good. No, that person is going to praise the doctor. They're going to thank the doctor. Oh, thank you for your wisdom. I'm so glad you were able to find this tumor and then remove it. I'm so grateful for you. Certainly, there, there is... There is something about trusting in the doctor, though. Like, if they would have said, Nope, you know what, I don't trust you. I'm going to do my own thing, and it's going to go away, and I'll be just fine. Like, that would be detrimental. So certainly, there is a blessing for the person who trusts in that doctor. There's a blessing for us when we trust the Lord, but ultimately, it's still God who deserves all the glory. We don't deserve the praise for trusting. The object of our faith is the one worthy of the praise. those who trust the Lord believe in His faithfulness. So let me ask you how do we grow in understanding God's faithfulness? I think the, the main place, the first place we should look is his word. just listen to what God's word says of his faithfulness. second, second Thessalonians 3:3. 3, 3. But the Lord is faithful. He will establish you and guard you against the evil one. This goes back to the Lord, the one who trusts in the Lord. He, he's a strong mountain. We have to trust in what God's word says. We can't just decide what we know is think is true and what's not. We trust in what God's word says. Lamentations 3.23 says this, The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Hebrews 10:23, let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for, for he who promised is faithful. God's word speaks clearly about his faithfulness to us. The question then is: will we trust in his word? Or do we think we know better? Isn't that what a lack of trust in the Lord is? It's like we are telling God, you know what? I know what your word says, but I know better than that. I know your word says you're faithful, but I don't believe it. When we we fail to trust the Lord, this is what we're saying. Brothers and sisters, God's word says he is faithful. Do you believe it to be true And if so, are you trusting in him? Perhaps this morning you've you've experienced some horrendous things from people in your life. And and you are struggling to see God as faithful. Certainly, I I have deep compassion on those who have endured horrendous things. But look at verse 3. For the scepter of wickedness shall not rest on the land allotted to the righteous. Lest the righteous stretch out their hands to do wrong here's what we see here the scepter is a representation of power and here's what we know the reign of the wicked has an end date God will only allow it to go so far and even with that he will not allow the enemy to snatch you out of his hands yes the enemy might cause a stir the wicked will cause suffering for the believers but rest assured It won't last forever. There will be no lasting, resting place for the wicked. They will pay for it by their own blood and their own soul cast into hell, or they will find repentance and they will be covered by the blood of Christ. But but have no doubt, believer, God is faithful. Those who trust in the Lord believe in his faithfulness. Look at verse 4. Do good, O Lord, to those who are good and to those who are upright in their hearts. Those who trust in the Lord believe in his goodness. Those who trust in the Lord believe in his goodness. Not only is God powerful, not only is he faithful, but God is good. And we see here a transition. In verses 1 through 3, he's stating things that are true of believers, true of God himself, and true of the wicked. And here in verse 4, he says a prayer. God, do good to those who are good and upright in heart. Who are those who are good and upright in heart? It's those who have a righteousness that is not their own. It's those who have repented of their sin and placed their faith in Christ. They trust in the Lord for their salvation. And here's what we know to be true. God is good to those who have been justified. Psalm 107 verse 1 says, Oh, give thanks to the Lord for he is good, for his steadfast love endures forever. How long does God's love last for his, for, towards the believers? Forever. Forever. He never stops loving you. You may be tempted to think, I don't think God loves me anymore. He's allowing this, but that's not true. That's not what Scripture says. Psalm 84, 11, For the Lord God is a sun and shield. The Lord bestows favor and honor. No good thing does he withhold from those who walk uprightly. For those who have been justified, he does not withhold good things for you. Doesn't mean that they're good things that you think you want, but they are good things no less. Romans 8 28. And we know that for those who love God, we've talked about this already, putting a verse to it, all things work together for good for those who are called according to his purpose. Brothers and sisters, do you know that the Lord is good? When you are tempted to doubt his goodness, do you turn to his word and what God's wisdom says? Or do you allow your emotions or your circumstances to lead you astray? Those who trust in the Lord believe in his goodness. Look at verse 5. But those who turn aside to their crooked ways, the Lord will lead away with evildoers. Last thing is this. Those who trust the Lord believe in his holiness. Those who trust in the Lord believe in his holiness. We see this throughout the psalm that God has a standard of holiness. Verse 3, the scepter of wickedness shall not rest on the righteous... Lest the righteous stretch out their hand to do wrong. In verse 5, which we just read, the Lord will lead evildoers away. Their eternity will be in hell. God takes sin very seriously. Why? Because he is holy. He is separate from creation. There is no evil in him. There is no sin in him. And he will not allow sin in his presence and here's the fallacy of today's word world there are churches who only want to preach on God's love they only want to preach that God accepts all people that God's love is unconditional I mean it sounds good it has a taste of truth but it's so deceiving is God loving yes but he does not accept all people Only those who repent of their sin and place their faith in Christ will find salvation, and yet some would hold that God is going to save everybody in the end. Brothers and sisters, that is not true. That is not what we see in Scripture at all. God is holy, and He cannot allow sin to go unpunished. This is why... God's love is not unconditional. If that were true, then he would just love everyone and send everyone to heaven, but that's not true. Is his love unconditional to believers? 100%. Those who trust in the Lord believe in his holiness, and that creates a different life than those of the world. This creates a deep sense of sobriety in in us. It humbles us. Because we know that we don't deserve salvation. It humbles us because we know that we fall short of his glory. And it's only because of the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ that we have hope. But with this free gift of salvation comes a call to holiness. Ephesians 4 1 says that we are to live a life worthy of the calling of which we have received. Brothers and sisters, are you living in light of the understanding that God is holy? Does that change the way that you respond to sin? Are you quick to repent of your sins and and turn again to the Lord? Or do you justify it thinking, you know what? God saved me so I can live however I want to. Shall we go on sinning that grace may abound? By no means. The one who trusts in the Lord believes in God's holiness. There is one more thing I want to say here. I left out one phrase you might have noticed. Peace be upon Israel. Those trust the Lord find peace. Those who trust in the Lord find peace. Are you experiencing God's peace today in your life? A couple reasons why you may not. First thing is, you may not be experiencing God's peace. Yes, you're a believer. You've put your faith in Christ, but you're not believing these things to be true of God. My prayer for you is that you would Allow your heart to be changed by what God's word says instead of what you feel. That you would not allow your circumstances to dictate how you view God. That you would run to his word. That you would learn about what his word says about him. And that you would, that God would grant you the faith to trust in him. But listen, if we don't ever put God's word in front of our eyes, we're going to be deceived by everything else that we're hearing. The world has a message, the world is declaring its message loud and clear and if we allow ourselves to be distracted then we will not experience the peace that God has given us in his salvation so number one believers may not be experiencing peace because they're not believing the things that are true of who God is there's another reason why some of you may not be experiencing God's peace it's because you've never truly repented of your sin and placed your faith in Christ it's a worthy question to ask why am I not experiencing God's peace this morning and if it's the latter reason because you've never repented let me encourage you there's a man who came who was hundred percent God and hundred percent man and his name was Jesus he lived a perfect life that we could never live not one time did Jesus sin while walking on this earth we don't go a day we don't go sometimes an hour without sinning against God and yet Jesus Lived a perfect life that we could not live. And then he ended up dying the death that we deserve by being condemned by hanging on the cross, paying for the sins of every person who would ever believe. And the scripture says to put your trust in Christ for salvation. If you have questions for that, there's no way that I could sit here and explain it here and two minutes. I would encourage you. Mark will be up here. I'll be up here at the end. We'd love to talk to you about that. But this morning, you can find peace through Christ. Brothers and sisters, the Lord is worthy to be trusted in. Believe in His power. Believe in His faithfulness. Believe in his goodness and believe in his holiness for when you trust in the lord you will find peace let me give you some action steps that you can put into practice this week I encourage you put psalm 125 1 and 2 to memory those who trust in the lord are like mount zion which cannot be moved but abides forever as the mountains surround jerusalem so the lord surrounds his people from this time forth in forevermore hide God's word in your heart so that you might not sin against him and encourage you prepare your heart for next week Psalm 126 uh, I'll be preaching that and then I'm I'll actually be gone the following two weeks we're gonna have Rich Carpenter one of our members preach and then Mark after that uh, but I encourage you to prepare your heart next week by reading through Psalm 126 and then just a the question do you know God the, 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 this is not just a, a salvation question do you know the God that you say you believe in? Has that affected the way that you live your life? Do you know God? And then lastly, trust God in all things. If you're a believer in Jesus Christ, trust in him. That what he says is true. So may, may that encourage you this week. And may you grow your trust in the Lord. Let me pray for us. Father, thank you for your grace and for your mercies this morning. Thank you for your word that you've given us. And I pray by your mercy that you would allow us to grow in trusting in you. I thank you that you have paid the price, Lord. How much more will you not graciously give us all things that we need in this life? So Lord, for those who are genuine believers, who are just struggling with doubt, I pray that you would point them back to what they know is true based on what your word says. Lord, that they would not allow their circumstances to dictate how they live their life. Lord, that even though life can be a roller coaster, I pray that our hearts would not be that way, but that we would... Have a firm trust, Lord, because when we trust you, we are like a mountain that cannot be moved. So, Lord, help us to put our trust in the mountains that surround us. That is you, our protector. Grow our faith and grow our trust. And then, Lord, let us be salt and light as we go to a world that needs to see people who are living out what they say is true, what they say they believe. Thank you for your grace and mercy this morning. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. At this point. Uh...